0: I don't want to be a martyr. Nor I. I want to live. That is good. For believing what you do, we confer upon you a rare gift these days. A martyr's death. The cross commands you. The blood of the martyrs commands you. I wrote them down in my diary so that I wouldn't have to remember. Lucius Domitus Aurelianus. And once again... I am not proclaiming a curse upon you from Harry Potter or some other mythical thing. I am reading you the name of a Roman empire, a uh, Roman empire, a Roman emperor, more commonly known as Aurelian. And yes, you actually do know that name because he renamed a town in France after himself and the Latin changing to French eventually becomes Orléans, which we get new orleans from so there you go so if you've ever been in new orleans you are celebrating the persecution of christians by roman Empire. no i'm kidding i'm kidding calm down deep breaths now fun 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 it's always darkest before the dawn you've heard that phrase before well with aurelian it's actually a little bit true he um he leads a persecution that upon his death actually institutes about 10 years of peace for the christians in the empire but unfortunately it's aurelian's persecution that also leads to or maybe gives the example for some of the worst persecutions in the early Christian church, and we'll get to that another day. Aurelian is a bit of a dichotomy for us. He is heralded in Roman history as a decent emperor. He regained Britain, Gaul, Spain, as well as Egypt and other parts of the Middle East on behalf of the empire. The Roman Empire was crumbling in the 260s and 270s, and it was Aurelian's leaderships, particularly his military leadership, that held the empire together. He defeated... Um, Ingleville, what would be modern English armies, British armies then, I guess you would be the best way of description, defeated the Gauls, defeated Iranian armies, as well as various Germanic tribes, holding the, air quotes, barbarian hordes in check on the other side of the Rhine River, thus establishing a northern and eastern border of security. So if you're into making the trains run on time and keeping people safe, Aurelian is your dude. Now, interestingly though... He wanted to fix the empire long-term. And you don't just do that through military. You have to do that through culture. So his idea was a unity in religion. It is during Aurelian that we get the institution of the phrase one faith one empire and this will actually be used by christians in the roman empire later on but we'll get to that another day his idea of unity in the one faith was in the worship of Sol invictus or Sol, or helios however it comes down to you in your understanding it's the sun god uh, s-u-n by the way ultimately this uh policy is polytheist in nature in other words We're not caring what you worship at home as long as when you go out into public and when you assemble, you are in on the sun god worship. Now, interestingly, that was never going to stay put. There were plans in work and had Aurelian lived long enough to more than likely outlaw and abolish any worship of air quotes other gods once again you can't have a unified culture if your culture is fragmented behind closed doors so excuse me excuse me so this was part of aurelian's setup and what he was seeking to accomplish long term now we don't have a long hit list i have two big names one is Felix, who is overseer in Rome, so your you're head honcho, your grand puba in Rome. The other is a gentleman by the name of Agapetus. Now, this is where we're going to focus in, because this is just—there's not a lot of detail here, but it's fascinating to me when you start to see the cultural implications of what Christians are accomplishing in the Roman Empire. And let's remember— we make a big deal out of Christianity exploding in the Roman Empire. I mean, it changed the empire. It ascended to the heights of, and we've talked about this before, um, noble households, treasurers of cities, mayors, family members, servants, administrators, Christian Christian influence extended to all different levels throughout the Roman Empire. But historically speaking, and I've seen a large swath of this, the... Um, the Christian faith was somewhere between 10 and 30% of the empire. That's it. That's, that's, that's it. And realize that that, well, that could be a lot of people. But someplace like Rome at this time is probably somewhere around a million people. Somewhere in that ballpark. You're probably looking at less than 100,000 Christians. And while that's a lot of Christians in one place, in the grand scheme of what it means to the culture and the world, it's not a lot. They were faithful. They were strong. It's the um, the old, I think it's a D.L. Moody quote is, What can God accomplish with one man totally on fire for him? And you see that with the early church under persecution in the Roman Empire. They were never the majority, but they were empowered by God and strengthened and faithful unto death, and that matters. So, I mentioned Aurelian is kind of an oddball here, in that, you know, again, for making the trains run on time. Going back to the middle of the first century, so you're talking like 50s AD, we're 200 plus years removed from that at this point. Um, there was a system in Rome for distribution of grain and food goods to the poor. Rome has to import all of its grain. I mean, there's nowhere in Rome to grow grain. It's built on a swamp. It's Rome is built on seven hills around a swamp. You can't grow anything. So everything grown in the outlying areas the city has to import. So up to 20% of the city, was receiving well 20% of the men in the city were receiving these these, these handouts think of it like uh, ancient food stamps so to speak well for almost two centuries that handout had been in the form of corn or grain or flour of some kind Aurelian actually bumped it up and made it actual bread, and then expanded as well as to things like salt and oil and other things that could be used for cooking. So in other words, the social safety net of the Roman Empire was actually expanded under Aurelian. Now, you don't care about that. So why am I telling you? Well, because Agapitus is a 16-year-old uh we don't know but there's a, poss- a good possibility that he is a member of a noble family in the city of palestrina 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 pick one i don't care which is about 35 miles east of rome agapetus was arrested for being a christian now how did they know that he was a christian you ready for this agapetus took All that he had, and more than likely that's family possessions, things that had been inherited, uh, some sort of official designation or uh, official posting in government that would have drawn a salary and some income. He takes all of that, and he sells everything that he owns, and then he distributes the proceeds from that sale – to the poor, very Acts 2 and 4 of him, I I guess you would put that. Now, that marks him as a Christian because no one else would do this. Why would no one else do this? Well, because the government does this. We don't have to care about the poor. We pay taxes so that someone would care about the poor. Now, that doesn't sound like any world you might know, does it, Christian? That doesn't sound like SNAP, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, heating bill help. Like here in Illinois, we have a LIHEAP program. That doesn't sound like anything where the government is usurping what is supposed to be the role of the faith right no no, not at all no why if you're the government do you hate this one faith one empire you need a cultural unity so when you are doing our job as government well the reason we're doing it is because we're god always remember the government that forgets god is always the government that seeks to become god and once that occurs that government will uh, will tolerate and allow no pretenders to their deification in other words, <clears throat> excuse me. In other words, we distribute the bread, not you. Go get rich, live your life, hire some prostitutes, have a family, corrupt the government, do whatever you want, but stay out of our authority. And caring for the people so that they worship the gods that we tell them to worship is our job and our authority. You need to sit down and shut up. Now, I tell you that because that's the main takeaway. Agapetus's uh, martyrdom is not spectacular. He's arrested. He's imprisoned and tortured. That's, that's what we know. I don't know what the tortures were. It doesn't really matter. I'm sure it wasn't pleasant, and I'm certain they came with plenty of opportunities to go worship the sun god, which he refused. So they take him in Palestrina and they throw him in the local arena to the wild critters. You know, pick your critters. They Sometimes they had bears. Sometimes they had rhinos from Africa. Sometimes it was lions. You know, yeah, whatever they can get their hands on. I mean, the Empire extended all the way out towards India, so sometimes it's tigers that they'd brought in. You name it, they got something to feed you to. The problem is they throw old Agapetus in there, and the critters won't eat him. So we've gone from Acts 2 and 4 to Daniel, chapter 6, I think. <laughs> going on here? Well, so the gods won't devour him, the animals won't kill him, so what do you do? You haul him out of the pit, or you haul him out of the arena, you take him out back, and you cut his head off. And that's how Agapetus dies. No, no quotes, no cute stories. Just a warning. There is nothing new under the sun. The world doesn't just sit neutral to God. The world sits hostile and angry. And the world sits usurping the authority and righteousness that God provides. Therefore, Christian, it is your testimony, your faithfulness unto death, that is part of the shining of the light. This is what we're called to do. We are called to do what is right, regardless of what we see around us, regardless of what they might say, what they might think, and especially what they might do because ultimately our lives are lived into the glory of God in a hope that his majesty will be revealed at the last day. Keep your eyes up. Keep focusing on the kingdom. It's what strengthens you to walk faithfully here. So until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good.